This episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. Sinusoid Cables, they make cables and smiles. What do you say, Steve? <laughs> That's, I think you covered it, man. I covered it. Go check out sinusoid.com. They've got all the cables that we use. they got all the cables you're going to use. You're going to love them. Good, good stuff from Sinusoid. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Nice delivery, Steve. Thank that's you. My, that's my catchphrase tonight, just nice delivery. Good job. I'm being real affirmative. That's why you get to have a wind-up and a pitch along with that delivery? <laughs> oh, sports stuff, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything new, Steve? Uh, nothing uh, new for me. I've got a new thing. Tell me about this new thing you have. A, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to do some uh, some media marketing for this new product that came out from uh, from Cusack, mm-hmm. usually makers of fine pedals, and they do a lot of uh, manufacturing for other people. Well, this is still a music accessory. Oh, absolutely. This is squarely within the world of music accessories and things that you're going to use on stage. It is the Cusack Hold a Burrito. Yeah. It's a fantastic device that is, you know, We've needed this for a long time. The market has been crying out for this, and finally a builder has delivered. It's a it's an attachment for a microphone stand. You screwed it on there, and it's basically like a half pipe that you put a burrito into. <laughs> and it's made so that you can, you know, finally eat burritos while you're on stage, whether you're playing or practicing. Or, you know, just hanging around the house, you can use a mic stand to deliver that sweet, sweet burrito to your mouth and get it straight down your throat and your belly where it belongs. Uh, it's very attractive. This beautiful 3D printed red here goes, I've been using it a lot. Uh, are, a th- do you know, are they all going to be red or? No, they're going to come in. Uh, they're going to come in all the colors featured on the uh, Mexican flag. Okay, red, so green. red, white, and green. Yeah. Also, you know, it covers Italy too. If you eat a burrito in Italy, right. What about like brown? Because the Mexican flag has an eagle on it. No, no, none of the eagle parts. Just like the big, just big, the core colors. The fields. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few people who have seen this outside of us have commented like, "Oh, maybe it should have like a little thing that pushes the burrito through it." It's like as to progress the bites. Uh-huh. Uh, I've used this thing a bunch, and I've actually found. That when you take a bite, like the action of you pulling the burrito through, like it's slick enough inside the half pipe that the burrito just slides right through with each bite and it just progresses just a little you bit each time. You just pull it forward with your mouth. Yeah, it's like there's no need to mechanize this thing and add extra parts that are just going to break. There's simplicity in the design. I, I was actually thinking that, so the one that you're holding uh, has holes in it. Yes. And I, I imagine that's to let the juices flow through. Well, let's... Uh, let's this is the the purpose of the holes in my mind, anyways. I don't have any direct information on this, but in my mind, uh, you know how like you get a burrito and if it's wrapped up for too long, like the the tortilla gets soggy. Right. This keeps it from getting soggy. Ah. You know, kind of lets some air out, lets the steam escape. Once you got the burrito in the holder, you're going to eat this thing quickly. You yeah. don't need to worry yeah. about it getting cold. You don't need to retain right. heat. Right. Well, so what I was thinking is what it actually needs is a closed off end on one side. Um, oh, okay. And then if it was a solid half pipe, 
and all your burrito juices and whatever falls out of your burrito would just navigate its way down to the end. Here's the problem. And at the end, you know, you got this thing on a mic stand and you just tilt the mic stand towards your mouth and all those fillings go straight into your mouth. Here's the problem with, you know, like putting a, a, a cupped end on the, on the backside of it is that most burritos are much longer than the holder. Right. So this right. is made to hold the burrito squarely in the middle when it starts. Yes, yeah, so you and have balance. It, so you have balance, and then it progresses towards the end as you take bites. And yep. by the time it gets to the end, it's light enough that it just holds in there. Like, you don't need to worry about it. So this is going to be an actual Cusack product, though. It already is. I mean, this thing is hitting the market. I'm sure that he's going to kickstart it, I think. But uh, go go jump on our Facebook group. Uh, look at our Instagram. I'm sure there's a clip there, but I, we're posting a full demo video of this thing. It's, it's really a lot of fun. And it's, you know, it's going to be a great gift. Like this is the sort of thing you put it on the shelf at guitar center next to, you know, like the, uh, the fruit shakers and, you know, you're going to get this as a Christmas gift, as a birthday gift. Your aunt goes in there, like trying to find something for you. She sees us like, this is perfect. My nephew, my niece, they love burritos. They love playing music. I know they have mic stands. I'm going to get this for them. So, uh, yeah, go check out the videos on our social medias and our YouTube page. It's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, do we have any housekeeping or anything do to do? We do not. We're going straight into it. This ad uh, was sent to us by um, Michael Van Zant, uh, who actually sent a lot of ads into us, but this one was the one that we More ended More like using. Michael Van Ad. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I, I t- I'm telling you, man. Michael Adzant. Michael Adzant is, is better. way better. It is. It is way it just better. Rolls Steve. off. All yeah. right. So this is an insanely rare Gibson stationary set with Zippo pen card holder. You won't f. I don't know what. What? I don't know. It just says you won't f. All right. Oh, okay. Hello. This is a very rare Gibson collectible. The kind of thing that is not for everyone. But if you want that special gift for that special someone that no one else could compete with, then this may be for you. I've had this in my collection for a few years, and I was told that this was only available to employees of Gibson back in the 1990s. It is new in the box and includes Gibson stationery, a business card holder, a sealed Zippo lighter, a Gibson pen. I would consider trades for the right bass guitar metal resonator. Try finding another one. Good. That's a challenge, Steve. Go to try to find another one yeah, right this now. This is uh, this is in the St. Louis area. Um, I I don't know if this is worth two hundred dollars. I feel like for two hundred dollars, it should also come with like a uh, since it's got the Zippo lighter, it should come with like a uh, a Gibson branded cigar cutter, right? And right. like a few other like like barish sort of things, like some extra kit stuff in there for the uh, for the business person who's unwinding at the end of the day, you know. Like you bust out your your notebook and you you write down the uh, the fine cigar you're about to smoke and you trim it with your Gibson trimmer and you light it with your Gibson lighter. I don't know. I will say I'm not finding anything out there. So I don't know if this falls into the category of so rare. It's whoa. You find one? That's this is something else. This is a Gibson lighter. It's just a Zippo. Uh-huh. Made out of rosewood. Somebody's asking eight hundred dollars for this. No. For a uh if it's made out of wood, it's gonna catch on fire. <laughs> Is that how wood works? Yeah. Uh somebody actually tried selling the same sort of deal in brown maple for thirteen hundred dollars. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm not seeing any of these uh, these things on eBay. Yeah, the stationary kit. I I really doubt it's worth 200 bucks. It just seems like oh, they got a bunch of these made for the Christmas party, and they hand them out to employees, and then like that's it. Like most people probably wrote in them, right? And then like or like threw them in the bottom of the, their drawer at their desk. Yeah, this is a tough. This is a tough thing to sell. If you find like a Gibson, um, I mean, it's just a notebook and a Zippo lighter with a print on it and yeah. a pen. What no. is the other square thing? Is that just business cards? I think that's a business card holder. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. This is so niche. I just don't see a value in it for two hundred bucks. Like, you could go to you know Staples and get most of this stuff for like you know. 15 bucks or something right like but then it wouldn't have the gibson stuff just on it. get some stickers man i don't know <laughs> i it, in as far as like gibson collectibles go the collectible part of gibson is the guitars you know what dude this is the perfect gift for that dad in your life who's still writing letters a letter writing dad yeah well here, here's what i'll you ask, know what Steve. you know what your dad could use this for Maybe he wants to write down his, the mileage in his car. And he loves Gibson guitars. And he loves lighting things on fire. And holding business cards. You never know when you're going to need to light something on fire. I think the right market for this is someone whose name is Gibson. Like Mel Gibson. This would be a good gift for Mel Gibson. He's you a know? dad. He's a dad. I think. He probably likes guitars. And if he doesn't, it still has his name on it. It says USA, though, and he's Australian. Yeah, yeah. Highly offensive, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you write in that notebook, Steve, if you owned this? Uh, you got to keep a list of all of the serial numbers for all of your gear. Ah, uh, that is a good notebook for serial numbers. Good call. Damn, I didn't have an answer for for me. I was I thought you were going to stumble on that, but you were quick on the draw, killing it. Yeah. Um, shoot. Yeah, maybe I'd keep like a, a physical copy of my gear budget in there or something like my buys and go. sells. And then every time I get a good sell, songwriting, I light something and I smoke it. How about songwriting? Songwriting. I don't write songs with words. What I'm going to write down tab. For just going to write down a bunch of chords. Surf rock songs. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, every song would just be me writing down uh, pentatonic scale. Let's try uh, A minor this time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do something really high pitched and brittle. There you go. You just wrote a song. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hit this topic. This was sent to us by Paul Pennington. He wants to know it's Paul Pennington, right? Yeah. He wants to know what our favorite $50 pedal is. Uh, mine is the Boss TU2. <laughs> that's a that's a great fifty dollar pedal. Um, Mine is still working, and it's like fifteen years old now. What I you know I'm trying to think about this, thinking about what my current rig is. Uh, I think my favorite 50, current fifty dollar pedal was. Um, I think I paid fifty for my Matthews FX Aviator, which was the boost they did. Uh huh. That was like a kit boost, so it's probably like more expensive if, um, if. Like I think I the one that I bought just happened to be one that he had left. Yeah. Uh, so it might be more expensive if you try to hunt it down. And then I've actually seen them on Reverb for less. Like people who bought the kit and built it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then and then sold it. Um, but that thing is a, a lot of fun. Um, other than that, I I mean I don't 
trying to think of what I have that costs less than $50 that's actually something that you can find on the market. Do you have any uh, Dan Electro pedals anymore? I don't think I do. Hmm. Um, the Dan Electro PB&J, you can definitely get under 50 bucks, and those are a ton of fun. Yeah, those are great pedals. Uh, I think I technically own one, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> well, I don't have it. Are you sure? Yeah. I got to say right off the bat, obviously, my uh, DOD 250. Oh, yeah. You can get those under 50. I paid 35 bucks for that thing. But, yeah, you can get the newer ones for 50 bucks all day long. I mean, there's a bunch of $50 pedals out there that are great. I mean, that whole new TC line, uh, there's some some winners in that thing. Oh, yeah. Those are all $50. I just did that mod on on the profit delay. Right. So what do you know? Do you know what you bypassed? Uh, Well, there's six little poles on the switch i basically am jumping two of the poles to get the effect hold on there's six little poles on the switch on the on the stomp on the uh there's a time switch like a subdivision switch oh okay so i'm 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 jumping two positions on that and i'm assuming one of them is a ground because i get a similar effect when i would ground uh, yeah one of the poles yeah so uh, what happens is I, I attached it to a momentary switch provided uh, by Leon from Pelican Noiseworks. Mm-hmm. And it, from what I can tell, it doubles the speed of the, uh, of the delay momentarily. Interesting. Which gives you all kinds of fun, glitchy sound effects. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad I did that mod. Right. I, I, in my mind, it was like just bypassing maybe the repeats knob, which would just... If this pedal self oscillates, it'd be like instant self oscillation. Right, right. Self oscillation, but it actually would make more sense that what you're describing. I would imagine, without actually seeing the pedal, that those subdivisions are probably controlled by some set of, you know, resistors or whatever right, that right. that change the in the input or output level or whatever. Um, and so by bypassing that portion of the circuit, you're just like being like, nope, like we're just whatever's built in. That's what it you're gonna does, get. Full power. I no, I thought it would be like once I started messing with it more, I thought it would be like no matter the setting of the knob, it would just default to an open setting. Right. But it does go to like the the bypass the uh, the glitched setting goes to a different speed depending on where the knob is mm. each time. So something about the knob is still controlling some resistance against it. Yeah, it looks like these guitars or these these pedals are actually sixty dollars at Guitar Center. Are those sixty dollars pedals now? Yeah. They, when they came out with this line, they're like, oh, they're all fifty bought fifty bucks. But there's a couple of them that are sixty dollars. Yeah, pedals, the which Echo is Brain is also sixty dollars. I get that the an analog delay would be a little bit more, but a digital delay? Come on, delays are just yeah. anyway. Um, I think if they make those couple pedals $60, they need to make the boost $20. Right, right. That's not a $50 boost, in my opinion. I, it's a good boost. It works as a boost, but the fact that it's so huge when there's so many little boosts out there. And that's the other you know, great $50 pedals is all those little $50 boosts out there. You know, and cheaper, too. I mean, yeah, the, the, the EHX is the linear power booster. It's like 40 I think. Yeah. I found out the other day that that was their first pedal ever. Really? Yeah, that was their first jump into the market is the linear power booster. I didn't know that. And then they, so they went from there. I always thought it was like the little muff box. Yeah, me too. You learn something new about electroharmonics yeah, every day. That. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's 
move on, huh? I don't. Yeah. I think we slam dunked that topic. How do you feel about it, Steve? Feels uh, feels like I just uh, threw the winning pass. For that's a, a that's for a, a good sports analogy. I feel like I uh, like I got a hole in one. Yeah, yeah. It's a real ace. I don't know what that's for. Uh, that's a volleyball, girls volleyball. Uh, girls volleyball. <laughs> Not just volleyball. That's girls volleyball. It's only for girls. I mean, I've never seen a men's team do the double clap ace cheer. This is going to sound kind men's of... Men's volleyball, I think they just like, oh, you hit an ace. I'm going to go slap. Let's all slap each other on the butt. This is going to sound kind of pervy. I don't think I've ever seen men's volleyball. You've never seen like men's team volleyball? I've de- I watched You've definitely Olymp- seen men's beach volleyball. I watched the Olympics. I don't remember ever seeing men's volleyball. Not even men's beach? Because Why men- would it be different for me to remember men's beach versus men's indoor? Because they usually show like because men and women's indoor doesn't get a ton of airplay, but at least in like previous Olympics, uh there, the it's been pretty split airtime between men and women's beach. I don't remember. I'm just that's what I'm saying is I don't remember. No, I don't know, man. But for whatever reason, I don't know why women's <laughs> volleyball just sticks out in my head. Is that's the volleyball that I watched? <laughs> this is the like the previous thing I've this ever is, uh, said this on the is, show before. Yeah, I feel like, uh, and I totally don't even mean it that way. I legitimately don't remember ever seeing men's volleyball. Yeah, there have been some. I'm trying to remember what the name of the guy Let's is. Let's move on to a on topic. Can we get on topic? Hashtag on topic. Hashtag on topic. Let's talk about these Galaxy guitars. The Galaxy guitars. Galaxy. Did I, is that how I spelled it on one of them? Yeah, the, gla- the Galaxy bass. I'm not surprised at all that I had a spelling error. So uh, this first one, I found it on local Craigslist. It's a Gibson Les Paul Studio Custom with Galaxy Finish mm-hmm. for $800. Uh, Mint Gibson Les Paul Studio Custom Galaxy Finish. Price to sell. Plays and sounds amazing. Very nice warm tone. New guitar kept in case. Uh, new guitar, uh, my ass. They, uh, they painted this thing. This didn't come out of the factory looking like this. There's are, no way. Are you sure? Dude, if you can... You can't, I probably can't see it on your phone, but if you do close-up photos of, of it on the on the ad, it's like a hand-painted like acrylic paint from like Aaron Brothers finish on this thing. Yeah. There's no clear coat over it. It's not smooth. It's not glossy. It looks like gummy plastic paint to me. I'm I don't mind the uh the theme of the guitar. I don't mind like galaxy finishes that look like outer space. I I would not want to play a guitar with gummy paint like this, is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is uh, this thing just kind of looks a little gross. Yeah, it's just gonna like that texture on the paint is just gonna grab all your sweat and just get sticky and soft. Yeah, and be nasty I after wish, a while. I wish. I mean, okay, it says it's price to sell, but I feel like at eight hundred dollars, it's not really price to sell. No. Like, what would it, uh, that go for without that finish? Um, I mean, if this was... Like $1,100? If this was a black, like, say it was originally just ebony. Like $900? Probably eight nine somewhere around there. Price so, to sell on this, I'm going to say 500 600 Yeah, and I think if it was, um, I think if it was like $600 and I knew how to do a, do a coat of... Uh, nitro on it or whatever like it could be worth it like i don't think this looks 
I don't think it looks bad aesthetic. I don't think it. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to say. I don't think this looks aesthetically bad, but I think it's, you know, like a dozen coats of clear away from looking good. Yeah. And then by the time you get that much clear on it, like you really weighed down an already heavy guitar. But maybe it's ultra light because there's no finish. I don't on even it. you can even clear coat acrylic paint like that. That stuff is so soft; it never gets all the way hard. Right, like a, like right. painting paint, like for painting on canvases. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, I I don't think it, that guitar is going to work out very well. There's a reason they're selling it because it's not fun to play with all that paint on it. <laughs> uh, which leads us to another guitar. With a similar finish that was sent to us on the Facebook group in response to that Gibson. Yeah, this was sent by Chris Reynolds, right? I really mangled the spelling on this one. <laughs> Glassy. This is what I was talking about. Oh, okay. So and this, this is, one is, uh, it looks way better to me. Yeah, this is a Fender Modern Player Jazz Bass. This one, they actually incorporated the pit guard. Oh, no, they went with clear pit guard. Yeah, it's acrylic. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it looks great. Um, this is the, they say it's a modern player bass. I didn't realize the modern player jazz bass had the... Uh, the humbuckers? Uh, no, I, I knew that. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know that offhand, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't know it had the, uh, for lack of a better word, thumb wheel uh, truss rod. Oh, okay, yeah. It's like the wheel. Yeah, the yeah. Wheel. Uh, so that's... This, this is, thing looks great, and it's priced to sell, in my opinion, three twenty five plus fifty three shipping. Right, this is shipping. A, this is the same price I think that you would pay for a modern player jazz, maybe a little less. Um, it's ballpark. I'll yeah. say it's ballpark. They were they were originally asking um, for fifty for it. They dropped that price down. Um, I also kind of think it's neat that it's this gal- crazy galaxy thing on the front, but the back is still three-toned. Yeah, that's weird. I kind of dig it. It's kind of neat. It's kind of neat in a weird, like, charming ghetto sort of way. Uh, here's my question, Steve. I'm not even going to acknowledge the uh, the Gibson version, but say, we'll, we'll both answer this question. Say we both got uh, this base. Somehow there were two of them and we both got one. Which uh, decal of a classic sci-fi starship would you put on there? Um, Enterprise from the original series. Original series Enterprise. I feel like I'm really leaning towards a Star Trek animated series decal on there. I always liked the look of that ship. That probably works better since this is painted. It's kind of cartoony. The one, if you could get a cartoony version of it, actually, I think what would really be cool is the Winnebago from Spaceballs. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or the uh, the uh, the satellite of love from Mystery Science yeah, Theater. Yeah, that could be going something a little like I don't know. This does look really good though. I feel like those it are kind of like, like corny. You could add personal touches to this really easy, and you can do it over that acrylic guard. Yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. It'd be really perfect. Like down on the lower horn, get it like silhouetted against that bright galaxy. This this one looks charming, and it's not even. It's a little bit cartoony when you zoom in. Like the stars are are kind of big. It's not like a photorealistic yeah. galaxy yeah. scene. But something about that makes it work. Yeah, it just it, looks it cool. It looks cool. It it's, pops. it's a good take. Um, and I mean, the modern player jazz bass is solid. I think. No, this looks like it has a normal res. And the price is right. I mean, if you're going to get a novelty guitar, that's a good price. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, me too. Another fun thing to throw in there would be the whale from uh, from a shoot, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. You just have the whale appear in space, right? Contemplating his existence. All right, let's move on. We're going quick. We're gonna have a short episode here. All right, next topic, uh, also from Paul Pennington. Yeah, uh, it's a double Paul night. Doubling up on the Pennington. Glad you're not dead, Paul Pennington. Glad you're alive and sending us topics. Uh, um, that's a little inside joke there about his podcast. I don't get it. Um, so he wants to know what rigs we would buy for each other. Like if if I was to buy a rig for you, what would it look like? And if you were to buy a rig for me, what would it look this like? This is a really interesting topic to me, actually. Do we want to do full rig or is this just pedal boards? I was thinking it would be a full rig. Full rig, guitar, amp, and pedal boards. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go section by section. Okay. Do so you want to go guitar first or amp first? Let's start with guitar. All right. Um, I mean, I think for you, I, I would just go, I don't know, classic and maybe a, l- a little boring, but uh, Fender Stratocaster, man. All right. All right. Um, how do you feel about a V-neck? You know, I've never I've, used that V. I've never owned a V. I've played some Vs that have very, they're like a really dramatic V, and I don't think I liked it. Mm. But then more subtle Vs. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can yeah, get into this. I was thinking like a 50s style with like a some kind of soft V-neck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd have fun with that. Classic low output Stratocaster pickup. I don't this is, know. That's a safe buy, but it's a practical buy. It is. It is. I, you know, I'm thinking of from like a very like, on the one hand, like I'm thinking from an aesthetic standpoint. On the other hand, I guess if I'm really thinking from an aesthetic standpoint, I might lean a lot harder onto something like a DePinto Galaxy Four. Right. Right. You know, it depends on like, do you want like the clat? Do you want? I, it's one of those things where it's like in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about surf guitars. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm automatically thinking Strat, even though you also see like Jags and Jazz Masters kind of in uh-huh. that territory too. Um, but then if you start like moving, I guess even in the time period, um, you start you think more about like the Mazrite stuff, uh-huh. and then moving forward, like when I think of DePinto, I guess I think of um, bands like the Phenomenots, like that kind of look. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, just like the more modern uh, surfy bands that surf whatever, whatever, I guess, surf rock or like, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but I don't no, know if you would call it fine. something else. No, that's surf rock. It's like a newer wave of surf rock. Yeah. No, I no I'd, I'd love a Depinto and I'd take a Strat for sure. I like your description of the Strat with the V-neck and the, the pickups as well. Uh, now, now, my question is, am I building a bass rig for you or am I building a guitar rig? Let's just say, uh, we'll say guitar. I think that's a little more universal, maybe. Okay, all right. What am I, What guitar am I going to get for Steve? Also, like, if I'm like, oh, what bass amp would you get? Like, that gets, I feel like that's... Yeah, I'll have no idea. Exactly. I will have no idea. I don't idea. even know what bass amp I want yeah. because I don't need one. You know what bass amp I want right now? What do you want that right now? That EHX Battalion. Oh, the like, little, the pedal. Like keep wanting to call it the Battle Lion. <laughs> that would be kind of a better name. The Battle Lion. Battle Lion. <laughs> um, well, okay. Let me let me go through this. So, 
you like guitars that have I, like, like I, a hard tail to them. You like bridge humbuckers. I mean, I'm not married to anything in the in the bridge position. I will say the last time I played guitar, uh, well, he talked about me playing the the Wongs last week. Uh-huh. So I pulled my Telecaster out for that, which what? I have not played in a super long the time. The red Telecaster? The red one. Yeah. That is still... And I'm not saying this to like help you out. Like I'm just saying like of my of various guitars I have, like that's still like my number one guitar. Even with all of the guitars I played, like I've picked up. Yeah. Like because I, I was telling you like I played the Godan like a, a few weeks ago. And I was like, I really want this guitar to work. The Telecaster is that guitar that I pull out and it just everything it's like it's it's muscle memory. That yeah, guitar is muscle memory. That's a, that's a Steve guitar. Yeah, that's that's my that's muscle your memory. Signature signature guitar right it is, there. It is. It's the Ron Childress built. Yeah, signature guitar. And this is tough, Steve. I don't know what guitar to get for you. <laughs> but we have this is a short show already, so we got time to fill. It's a do- obviously it's a Elliot Tonemaster for me. <laughs> Cower Banshee. I could kind of see you playing one of those like funky double cut Telecasters. Ah. I think that would be a good look for you with uh, some kind of humbucker in the bridge. And I think you would really enjoy having a P90 in the neck. I do enjoy P90s in the neck. I had that uh, Squire uh, Deluxe uh-huh. uh, for a while that was dual P90s. But here's the hard part, Steve. Okay. Color. What color Ooh. do I get for Steve? We already know that you really like that red guitar. But yeah, I've never heard you like wax poetic about which colors I you don't. Really like. I only wax poetic about one color scheme. And what's that? Sunburst. You like Sunburst? I'm a sun. Like that's that's my jazz bass was Sunburst. Well, here's uh, here, my Strat. Is I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I'm saying double cut Telly for Steve. Uh, Demarzio double white humbucker oh in the bridge. Uh, cream P90 in the neck. Dog ear. Ooh. I'm building this thing for you, and not Sunburst, but Matt Tobacco Burst. Matt Tobacco and a, and a uh, and a maple neck. Interesting. That's what I'm building for you, Steve. Okay. I think you're really gonna like this guitar. That's in my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> no, tobacco burst is a little darker than. Yeah, it's a little bit right? darker. It doesn't quite a little bit more desaturated. It's more of a red in the middle than yeah. a yellow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a good look for you. This guitar that will never exist. All right. <laughs> uh, let's think amps. Um, okay. I guess I'm still thinking on that Dino Ghost train. Um, are you still using the acoustic? I am. Then uh, we're going with uh, what I always say: the acoustic emulates of classic Fender Twin Reverb. That's what I recorded the album with, yep. with a '70s Twin Reverb with one speaker blown out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the that whenever I had that acoustic, when I was like, oh yeah, it's solid state, but uh. It's warm. You turn it up, it gets warm, and you can turn that reverb all the way up. Uh huh. And it's real lush. This is going to be a, for me getting an amp for you. This is going to be more sideways than that. Like the twin reverb is pretty obvious for me. Mm-hmm. I think you would really enjoy a Fender Excelsior. I've never used one of those. I, I really wanted to. They're they're kind of dark, but kind of a little dirty, uh-huh. and they get loud enough for like your purposes. Have a big 15 inch speaker in there so they can handle like kind of a lot of frequency stuff. I think you'd have a lot of fun with an Excelsior, mm. and I think it'd go well with that uh Telecaster that I invented in my head. 
right. I think it would take pedals uh, in a way that you would find it interesting well too because it's a little bit dirty, a little bit compressed, uh, and it's going to get hit by you know those drives and you know stacked delays and stuff in a fun way. Well, all right. So here's, I guess, where it gets interesting. Uh, how do we want to do pedals? Yeah. Uh, do we are we doing unlimited amounts of pedals here, or are we just kind of starting a board with some um, basics? I feel like there has to be some kind of limitation. Let's call it a let's call it a five pedal board. Five pedals, no tuner. Five pedals, no tuner. Okay, I'm thinking about this. Cost is, is there's no limitation on cost. I picked out at a Celsius because I think you'll like it, not because I I think it's budget, <laughs> not because you think I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would actually be a fun amp to get to do demos. I with. know I should. I'm I've. There was a stretch where you could get them for under two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. They all have, went back I think up. That time is long gone. Yeah. Should have grabbed not. them. I haven't heard people talking about them for a while, so maybe the prices come back down. I don't know. All right, man. Pedals is tricky. Uh, five pedals. Be you know. I don't know, man. I mean, let's see. We got. You got that twin reverb amp, so you don't. Do you really need a reverb pedal? You probably don't really need a reverb pedal. I'm not going to give you any, any um, guidance on this, Steve. I want to know what your heart's desire for my pedal board is. I'm going to say Friday Club ED450B. Okay. Uh, get some of that slap back. All right. Do some slap back with that. Um, which is that's their digital delay. Uh huh. Um, I like digital delay. You know, I don't. You know, I said that though. So we got that. That will that'll be a simple delay, and then uh, we're gonna go dual delays on this. Uh, Caroline kilobyte. All right. So you got a simple delay, and then you got a crazy delay. Something that'll do some wacky. It's got modu- uh-huh. modulated repeats. Yeah, yeah. Um, drives. Uh. Have you played that El Cardinal? I don't think so. Um, what? Obviously, you know, I say that for drives, um, but the real answer is Earthquaker uh, Gray Channel. Okay, that's a good gray, one. Gray Channel. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, it's a two DOD two fifty with some other clipping options. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, two channels, but not stackable. Yeah, yeah. DOD two fifty. It's uh, like you can you you can choose between. Six different clipping options, but they're divided in three, and you can change channels. Yeah, basically. Uh, so let's see. That's options. three. Um, like I'm trying to think about what I'm trying to think about what else. Um, you can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Man, you just put out. You just put out that three harmonic tremolos video <laughs> and so i gotta put one of those on there so you had the chase bliss gravitas and the monument uh yeah the walrus audio monument and the and nightwire the earthquaker devices nightwire i'm gonna go with the gravitas not because i necessarily think it's better than the other two but because i was in the video <laughs> You want me to remember you, huh? Um, something to remember yeah, you by. Yeah. And then uh, we got to go something fuzzy. Um, I'm going to get maybe a little weird, a little off the wall, but I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Big Ear NYC Shaka or Chaka. Interesting. Um, which 
Um, the Isn't reason, that not like that double-sided? It's the double-sided, and the reason that I'm going with that one is because um, my understanding is that... So I have that uh, Mad Bean Fox uh, yeah, that Tone Machine wild. clone. And uh, I, from the conversations I've had with Grant, uh, it sounds like the Chaka would be right in that same vein. I think ah. you'd get a lot of use out of an octave fuzz. Yeah. You know, I've where never you had can, a like, turn true the, octave where fuzz. You can, like, especially... I think on the Chaka, the octave is switchable. Nice. Uh, I'm trying. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And then I'm, for cables, I'm like I get like you. Uh, I get you Hosa pancake plugs for all your cables. Oh, we're doing cables too. <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> I that, just threw that out there. I'm doing that like Obama like happy frown where I'm, I'm like nodding my head and my eyebrows are up. I'm like, hmm. hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah, I know. No, I got right. hmm. That like. But it looks like a frown, but you can tell it's not a frown. Like, right. Mm, I'm, like, thinking, oh, about I'm that. thinking about that. It's yeah, really yeah. interesting. All right. So for your pedal board, um, I, I thought it was interesting that you started with the, uh, the time section with the delay. So I'll do that. Well, too. that's the, that's the pedal world that I think about. You the start most, with the delays. Yeah. That's why I'll start with that for you. I think I'd get you an avalanche run. Cause I know you like delays that kind of get crazy and get away from you and do these yeah, long, like yeah, crazy that's runs. That's a good one. Uh, another Earthquaker device is one. We keep going to those guys. Um, and then other time things, probably some kind of like Octave reverb. Maybe that Alexander uh, thing that just came out. What oh, would, the Sky Fi. Yeah, get you the yeah, Alexander Sky Fi. Cool. Yeah, I, I bet you'd like that. Um, I'd get you. The uh, electroharmonics pitchfork, so <laughs> you can say whether or not you like it better or worse than the pod. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I got to tell you something out when we're done. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I need to get you some kind of drive that gets relatively aggressive. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What would I get you? A drive that gets kind of aggressive. I'd get you a, a blues driver. Okay. A simple classic. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Boss Blues Driver. I think you would. Uh, I think that would fit the bill for you just fine. And then maybe some kind of light drive boosty sort of deal. I'll get you a T. Uh, I'll get you a, a two fifty. A DOD two fifty. All right. It was that five. That was five. Well, there you go. Two fifty. The Blues Driver. Uh, the Pitchfork Avalanche Run. And um, what was the reverb? Oh, the uh, the Sky Five. The Sky Five. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was fun. That was that fun. Was a, that was a neat little game. So the thing I was going to tell you is, um, so the EHX Canyon apparently has like a lot of traction right now. Um, so again, like after I played guitar recently at church, which was the first time for a really long time, one of the guys in the church came up to me and was, and he's been, he's a, from what I've heard, he's actually a really good guitar player. He uh-huh. just, I don't know why, but like I guess he just doesn't have time or sure. something to to play on Sundays. But I and not just from him talking about playing, but like I've other guys, other people who have played with him have been like, yeah, he's legit. Like, cool, he's just busy or whatever. But um, and this guy's been talking to me about either playing bass or guitar in like a in like a pro a project he's trying to put together. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, well, it depends on what your goals are. Like, if you just want to like do like a, a few different event like four or five events a year like i'm down maybe 
if you want to do something where I'm going to have to like practice on a weekly basis, I'm yeah, I don't, I don't have time for that. Uh, but anyway, he comes up and he's like, he's like, oh, like there were some weird sounds this morning, like, and he's looking at my board. He's like, can you walk me through your board? I was like, sure. And he's like, yeah, I just got the EHX Canyon. That pedal is super cool. It is pretty cool. And I guess he got it because he was looking for like a shimmer, like something mm. that does the shimmer. And he was asking me about it because he was like, yeah, I, I was hearing something that was just like a really like high thing. And I would on one or two of the songs, I was using the Micropog okay. a bunch. And I use, when I use the Micropog, I use about, um, I guess about 10, 30, 11 on the sub octave. And about one or two o'clock on the high octave, so it's definitely like a very like, I it's it's kind of it's very much like that shimmer tone. Yeah, you know, it's very much like, and I do have a shimmer setting on the uh, on the uh, Golden Summer, also from Alexander uh-huh. Pedals. And that's a great uh, pedal too. And I was using that. I actually had the shimmer turned down because it was uh it was I don't know it just wasn't really working for me. Sure. Um, no, you know, I say that, but actually I turned it back up because I was running that reverb on the mod setting instead of the shimmer setting. I was letting the shimmer kind of be done by the pog. Yeah. But it's interesting because you're like, oh yeah, I was hearing this thing. I was like, did it sound kind of like a, like a funky pipe organ? And he was like, yeah. He's like, I was like, that's the pog. That's the micro pog. And so he started talking about how he wanted a shimmer, but he wanted to do different things. So he got the Canyon, but I think he said he also has a pitchfork. Okay. So he's been like comparing like the shimmer and the octave sounds on the canyon to like all of the different settings on the pitchfork. And, and it was just kind of a, it was a really like interesting conversation because, you know, usually I feel like when I get approached by people, and it was a really neutral conversation, it was like a neutral to excited. Sure, sure. I feel like usually when I get approached by random, not even random, I, I've talked to this guy before, but like, people before uh a lot of times they're either like um just completely lost sure like this is the first time i've ever had somebody be like oh can you walk me through your pedal board yeah like i want to know what everything on your board is and what it does and he actually he was like able to like keep up even though like he may have not been familiar with the brands, I was like, oh yeah, he spoke you know, the same language again. Like this is a Matthews Effect Architect, like it's a Klon style pedal, and like he kind of like he's like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, these are my delays and, and whatever. Um, but at the same time, he was also like, oh yeah, I just got the the EHX Canyon, like it's really this and that. And I was like, oh yeah, I actually have access to one of those. I just haven't like uh-huh. been like, oh, let me borrow that. Um, and. Uh, and so it was, it was cool also because like I feel like sometimes when I have those conversations, they end up being with people who are like, oh, yeah, I've got like and it's just a list of like whatever they have, you know, like they, they, they came up to your board to look at what you have so that they can tell you what they have. Right. But everything that they have is like was released in like 1997. Right. right. I and mean, that's not a knock on 1997, but oh, it's, it's a like, great year. But it's like, if you, I feel like, again, this is maybe speaking more towards like older, like an older generation. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where this guy was definitely like, he heard, heard a sound and he either jumped on YouTube and was looking for pedals that would do the sound and landed on the Canyon or, or I, I mean, I don't know how he discovered it, 
but that pedal's so new that you have to be looking. Right. You to have find to be like it. plugged into like, like you were looking yeah. for it versus like like I guess what I was saying, like the guy who and this isn't a knock on any of these pedals was like, Oh yeah, I've got, you know, uh, a DOD, you know, grunge into my right. boss SD one into a DD three into a RV three. And it's like, all right, so you haven't shopped for pedals in 15 years. Yeah, yeah. No, this guy's like, this guy's on the time. You know, he's so it's pretty cool. Up to date. Uh, the flip side of that, to because I forgot I had this conversation with a with a guy recently, with a kid who showed up at my church at the church I work for. Um, one of the guys on my worship team texted me. He's like, "Hey, I'm bringing going to bring a guitar player tonight to play electric guitar." I'm like, "All right, well, I don't I don't know what I'm getting into." Yeah, yeah. Um, I figure like this is a middle schooler. He's going to bring one of his middle school buddies. And uh, the guy he brought actually like put in the work to like learn the songs we're doing ahead of time. So one of the songs we did has like a very specific guitar riff and he came in like ready to go on it. Uh, But the thing that was funny is he brought in three pieces of gear. He brought in a and he didn't really know anything about gear. I mean, he's again, like he was 13 years old, 14 years old. Uh huh. Um, but he brought in a um, a Fender. I don't even think it was a frontman. It was a SP10. It was the little like yeah. practice amp. And the, so the first thing I do when he he brings that thing in is I go like, "Nah, you're not you're not using that." And when I pulled out a Line Six Spider Four out of the closet, that is seventy five watts, so the one by twelve yeah. version. It's strange when the Line Six Spider uh, is an upgrade. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "Okay." Um, and then the guitar he had was a, um, Fender, uh, Telecaster is a 72 thin line. Uh, um, I think it was a 72 thin line. Yeah. So it's the one with the humbucker neck, uh, Tele bridge thin line. Yeah. Uh, and then a Proco rat, one of the newer ones, but I think it was one of the newer ones, but it was a rat too. (laughs) And so he sets it all up and he's pulling his cables out and he plugs in the instrument cable and then he pulls out the cable for the pedal and he puts it in there. And it was like this six inch patch cable. Oh no. And I'm like, uh, dude, how, how are you going to plug that into the amp? He's like, Oh, I usually just plug it into like my little amp. <laughs> like that's <laughs> how the amp is too tall. I can't plug in. <laughs> so I was like, no, I got you. I, I pulled out. I've just, uh, kind of donated ish, yeah. a 10 foot cable. I had, uh, I remember being there. there, being that age and having gear that's just kind of hobbled together. And it's like, oh, what? I'm not going to pay extra for a, a, a six foot cable when the amp's only like two feet away from the pedal. I'll just get yeah. a two feet cable because so it's he, cheaper. So it's funny because he put in a bunch of work for this, but then uh, the kid who brought him was like, oh, I told uh, I told our our director, our our church or our youth director that I'd send her a video of you playing. So uh, just play something. I'm going to video it. And he's like, all right, ready, go. And he starts playing Smells Like Team Spirit. Yeah, he is a teenager. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Like, so, it's, you know, I know that's still a thing that, like, really people make the talk about this in a, I guess, in a negative way towards modern music. But really that, like, guitar rock, like, kind of as far as pop music goes, like, guitar pop for lack of a better description, like peaked in the late nineties. Yeah. You know, where you had like this wave of like Nirvana and kind of these grunge acts well, that you created. Had, you had some stuff like, you know, like all the, like the, uh, 
like the strokes and that sort of thing. Right. But I'm saying like that kind of start, like kind of started off this like wave of like early nineties, like the grunge scene where it was like these very playable songs. And yeah, then by, you know, you get into the late nineties, you know, classic early 2000s, that classic new alternative band smash mouth. Oh my gosh. Um, which also is having like a odd resurgence with middle schoolers. They love that Smash Mouth. They love that. I had two Do kids singing. Do they love it ironically? All, I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know what the deal is. But I had, there were two of them this past week singing All Star at church. I'll unironically say and sincerely say that I still enjoy the song "Walking on the Sun." That's like, a really fun song. That's a fun song, and I love the fuzz tone in that song. It's got a great fuzz sound in there. Yeah, like I have no shame listening to that song. Might as well be walking on the sun. Like I can hear it in my head. You yeah. know, it's a good one. Uh, apparently, I learned this past week that the song "All Star" was written uh, ab- about, like, was written for uh, Smash Mouth haters. <laughs> really? Like, basically, like some people had like written into the band, like, "Hey guys, like, I really like your music, but like my friends." And like my brother, like make fun of me all the time for liking you guys, and so they wrote All Star to be like, "Hey, like you're cool, like it's cool, it's okay to like us, like we think you're cool, even yeah. if everyone else thinks you're a loser." Hey, it doesn't matter that everyone else thinks you're cool because Smash Mouth thinks you're cool, and there's nothing cooler than that. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> like it's kind of this weird story. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, going, going back know. to like people coming up and talking to uh, talking to you about your pedal boards and stuff. Yeah. I played this show a few weeks back uh, at Winston's in OB at five o'clock. At five o'clock in the afternoon, and there's a like a big side window that opens up to the street. Right. And the whole their whole deal during like this time slot is they open it up, and like people walking by can just see what's is going on. Is that like the kind of the OB boardwalky sort of? It's just off the boardwalk. Okay. Uh, so there's people just walking by the window and like stopping and listening while we're playing. Yeah. And we. Oh, I was doing the sound check and I was running through some of my, my settings on like my reverb and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in and he's like, Oh, how did, how did you, how did you get that reverb sound? Like, Oh, how, what, what were you doing there? And I was like running them through my pedals and the amp and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh cool. This guy's going to hang out and like watch the show. And I was like, okay, okay. We're about to start like, uh, stick around and watch this. It's going to be fun. Cause he was like super like interested about my sound. Mm-hmm. The dude flat out just walked out and left Dang. after talking to me for like 10 minutes about my reverb sound. He was like, and it was like right at the point where like he got like the correct, the like just the right amount of information that he wanted. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, okay, that's how you do it. All right. See you later. <laughs> I look at my bassist because he was like seeing the whole thing happen. And I was like, that guy's going to go buy the pedals I just told him about like right now. And he's like, yeah, he's on his way to the guitar store. Oh my God. <laughs> Because he was just so purposeful as he walked out the door. Is there a guitar store in Ocean Beach? No, I don't think so. But there's pawn shops and there's whatever. But the way he walked out and just like ran down the street is like, that guy's getting in his car and going to Guitar Center right now to get this stuff. Uh, Let's tackle the last ad. What do you say? Oh, yeah. We kind of stalled out a little bit here on off-topic-y stuff. This is a, uh, a PV odyssey it was sent to us by nicholas fong and it is an lp slayer did you say nicholas fong what does it say nicholas long 
I'm reading it through my uh, through my pop filter on the, oh, like, on the okay. microphone. All right. Uh, PV Odyssey USA with case LP Slayer, uh, eight hundred dollars or best offer. This uh, thing looks like a trip. Yeah. Like we were talking about this earlier. We were getting the show figured out, and neither of us had seen this guitar before. Yeah, so it says, get it while you can. These were the best USA PV guitars ever made. They were made in the early mid-90s to compete with Les Paul and PRS guitars. Uh, it has a carved top and set neck with amazing sculpted neck joint and cool faux binding around the top. Basically a strip of unstained wood that mimics binding. Um, the neck and headstock are bound. The fretboard is ebony with awesome mother of pearl triangle inlays. The pickups are simply amazing. Very rounded and clear, clean, and nice and crunchy with overdrive. Isn't everything crunchy with overdrive? Yeah, that's what overdrive does. Uh, includes PV molded hard case. The gold is kind of worn, and there are a couple dings around the top edge, but otherwise very good shape. Minimal fret wear. Um, and then there's a, a link to a video. The gold is definitely like like yeah, worn down. That's what happens to gold hardware every single time. It like yeah. oxidizes and gets that, um, that look. So this neck joint is like exactly what I was talking about last episode where I look at this neck joint and you would have to explain to me exactly what's different about this neck joint versus show me the, uh, the new Gibson, the new Gibson. I tried to like zoom in on it. You can't see it like super close, but Oh, I see you're just zooming in on your um, phone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's standard neck joint like for that style guitar. Yeah. But not so uh, standard on Les Pauls. So <laughs> right, um, yeah. This thing, you know, I gotta say, uh, there's something about the upper horn that's a little off to me. I think because it kind of is sitting in this weird no man's land between Telecaster measurements and Les Paul measurements and PRS single cut measurements. Well, what I'm seeing, what what's off? I think the the top horn is very similar to telecaster but what's going on is the way that it goes from the waist of the guitar the thinner the thinner part of the waist uh-huh. to the bottom bout is a little awkward yeah that that being said this guitar i really like this finish yeah and i've never i've never even heard of these before yeah i have never seen these before in my entire life and it looks honestly like it Honestly, it looks killer, like really good. It's a Telecaster shape with a Les Paul treatment, and you can see a little bit of PRS influence in there. Yeah. Like this is the missing link between like a Les Paul and like a PRS single cut. Like yeah. this exists in the margins somewhere where it's like, oh, you want a uh, a Les Paul, but not, but you also don't want a PRS mm-hmm. double cut, and you also kind of want a Telecaster. Like this thing is. So- like so crazy the finish looks great the headstock looks awesome yeah yeah it's a three by three it's got that lightning bolt pv which a lot of people hate but i love the lightning bolt pv and the way it's implemented on this headstock makes it look classy somehow uh i follow this builder on instagram called frank brothers Mm -hmm. and this headstock reminds me of their of their headstock like very angular very modern but like in a really classy, like clean way. I'm a big fan. We don't even have a, I'll, I'll, let's make sure we track down a picture of the headstock for uh, the episode sure description. Um, so the price, $800. I'm not really sure what to make about, about that. Um, I will say, so I jumped on um, and there's not a ton of examples of it, 
the PV like generation stuff, which is what I'm more familiar with, uh-huh. uh, tends to be a little a little cheaper, I guess, a lot cheaper. Um, but I'm looking right now at uh, the PV Cropper Classic, which was their Steve Cropper model. Uh-huh. Um, and there are people trying to sell those for over $1,000. Those would also be USA-made PVs. Um, the Generations, which is I have a Generation, those ones kind of sit in the four to $500 range, depending. Uh, some people are trying to get a little bit more for those. Um, but overall, like, in fact, you don't even really sell them, see them selling a ton, the old USA generations. Um, but though there is one that looks like it, I don't know. So I'm not sure how much I can trust these prices. Like I said, people are trying to get four to $500 for them uh-huh. for the most part. Um, from a build standpoint, this thing looks like it's really well built. Oh yeah. I mean, you can only get so much off of pictures. The one concern I have, uh, and I say this as of owning a generation, is the generation I have has like a really weird electronics cavity. There's a lot going on in there. So if there are any repairs that uh, it needed. Um, Here's the cavity for an Odyssey. Yeah, there's uh, that looks a lot like the cavity for the generation. And that thing was not really a lot of fun to f- work on. Is it just the way it's wired? It's just, well, the generation, so the generation had these, uh, and the generation is is a bit different because it's only two knobs. So maybe this one would be easier. Um, With four knobs? Four knobs be, would be easier because you wouldn't have any, like, you wouldn't have to, like, think about blending and stuff. And, huh. you know, if, if it was volume, volume, tone, tone versus wiring everything up to a volume and a tone knob. I guess I think um, about it differently than you. Uh just like with this here, it's more discreet. Um, of course, this guitar also has a switch on it, which I assume is for coil splitting. But, yeah. Um, there's a lot that we don't know about the PV Odyssey because literally we didn't know research. Well, we did a little research, but not a ton. We did enough to find out like that $800 really isn't a crazy price to ask. No, not at all. It seems like maybe it's a little bit on the high end, but it comes with a case and it, it, you know, it seems at least ballpark for what people are asking. Well, for you, you said you found one that went for seven hundred. Yeah, uh, I feel like in that seven to eight hundred dollar range, you just you just pay for the color finish that you find. When exactly. You, when you the color finish you want when you find it, you know, if it's eight hundred dollars, if it's you know eight fifty, if it's seven fifty, like you just you're like oh, I found the guitar I want, I just grab it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, it looks phenomenal. I, I'd love to get my hands on one at some point just to try it. Not to buy it, but to like see what they feel like. Um, big fan of that headstock. I cannot get over that headstock. I wish that PV had done that on more guitars. It's just really classy. Yeah. I usually don't like headstocks that taper kind of like that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it tapers a small enough amount that oh, no, it I, still I, looks good to I me. like this. It reminds me of the uh the actually the Epiphone Masterbuilt headstock. Mm, yeah. Um or kind of like the I guess the Heritage headstock. In, in, though the Heritage headstock I think tapers more. I like it way better than PV's normal headstock. Yeah, well their normal three by three headstock is is a little at least their current ones a little is a little wonky. I was thinking more of their six in line. 
which oh, is yeah. a wonky one. Yeah. Uh, we should mention that they came out with another model of PD, PV Odyssey oh, yeah. that looks like hot garbage. Yeah, they, this released around 2010. It looks like, I don't know. It's a metal guitar. It's trying to do like this ESP sort of thing. Yeah. Meets BC Rich. Like the head sock it's gross. is like split in like a Dean V sort of way, but it's like looks like insect parts. <laughs> like it looks like mandibles up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh This is just a no hot mess. bueno. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I'm sure it looks fine in a heavy metal music video, but I don't like that at all. The the uh the original PV Odyssey. Oh, that's a pretty guitar. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, Well let's, it might still be available on oh, this is a Craigslist app. I'm not gonna buy it. I'm just saying I appreciate it. Oh lowball this guy, four hundred dollars shipped. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's gonna jump on that. <laughs> oh man. Uh let's wrap this up. Yeah, big, let's uh thank our sponsor, Big Sinusoid. Big old sinusoid. Uh this episode is airing. Uh, just after I got back from Cowerfest. Yeah. Hanging so out actually, with the Sinusoid boys I suppose up there. next week we're going to have a big old Sinusoid update for you guys. Or not Sinusoid, but a big old Cowerfest update for you guys. Yeah, we'll have to decide whether or not we want to release Cowerfest content as an episode or as like a midweek thing. Mm. I don't even know what Oh, I'm, yeah, I forgot. You're probably going to... You're probably going to do some recording. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of recording. I guess if I get a full episode, that'll be like a Monday episode. Mm, perhaps. We'll see. Maybe we'll take a week off, Steve. Yeah. Don't fight it. Anyway, uh, check out sinusoid.com for all of your cable needs. Yeah, and check out our video of the uh, the Cusack hold a burrito. Mm, it's burrito. a lot of fun. I mean, in all seriousness, it's not a real product. It's a thing that I had like a shower idea, and then I messaged John Cusack because I know he has a 3D printer. And I was like, hey, can you make this? And I we'll, thought he was actually going to make these, We'll make though. a video of it. You know, I, I honestly, I think... If he, if he got enough requests, you know, maybe he'd find a way to commercially produce them. But it's pretty niche. Huh. It is pretty niche. Uh, but it was also a lot of fun to make the video. And it's also a lot of fun to eat burritos out of it. Yeah. It's a big conversation starter, too. Like, uh, I think if it was, if it sold, if it was a product, like, it would sell in, you know, the Guitar Center novelty section. Like gift section, you know, right next to the fruit, sh- fruit, uh, the egg fruit sh- shakers, the yeah. fruit shaped egg shaker, and you know, like all the you know coffee mugs and the tiny guitars and stuff like that. Exactly, like, it's a good gift. It's a good stocking stuffer if it ever gets made. But it it might just be this you know three D printed prototype thing that he made for us, right? Yeah. Uh, but big thanks to John Cusack for putting that together of Cusack pedals. Go check out all his stuff because it's all really good. All right, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Want to tell us about the song, Steve? Yeah. I thought you were going to cut me out there for a second. Nope. I remembered what you need to do. Uh, this week's song was sent by Eric Evans. Uh, he says, hey, love the podcast. Been a listener for a while now, but just getting around to sending over some music. Like I said, after this week, we are out of uh, show-ending music. So if you want to send us something, uh, send it to 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you like aren't, if you forget what that email is, I guess ask us on Instagram or in the Facebook group or anywhere else yeah. that you interact with if us. If you forgot the email address, just email us and we'll tell you what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, he says this is from my old band's EP way back in 2006. We were a Christian rock band similar to Flyleaf and Fireflight. Uh, this was before I was really into gear, so I don't remember 
much other than I was playing a 90s Les Paul studio into some random assortment of pedals and then into a Mesa triple wreck, maybe. I actually was thinking about giving you a Mesa, uh, some kind of Mesa. Interesting. Like a tremo verb. Huh. Uh, which was the the tremolo verb? I think was the Mike Einzinger. Yeah, uh, the from Incubus. That was the amp that he used. Hmm. Uh, which was supposed again. I guess it was supposed to have like a Fendery reverb section, but like obviously the Mesa high gain. Yeah, yeah. Capabilities. That'd be fun. Um, the other guitarist was playing some Schecter into some pedals, <laughs> and then into some two by twelve tube amp. Terrible. That I can't remember. Uh, I know. Uh, so. Um, he says that he played lead on the song that we're going to be playing, which is called Divide the Hate. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this song and uh, send us your songs so we can put it at the end of our episodes. Absolutely. Later, guys. Bye. <laughs> Love